Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, we're working real hard on the next full-length episode of Home Study. It's going to be awesome. You're really going to enjoy it. We did some great interviews. Uh, we interviewed John Siskovich from the Growing Farms podcast. He shared a really good story with us. If you don't listen to that show, go ahead and give it a, sh- a shot. It's a really nice podcast. Talks a lot about uh, talks a lot about marketing your farm and uh, different things to do on the farm. It's really helpful if you have a farm business or are thinking of starting a farm business. So go check that out. It was a great interview. We also have a few other stories. Uh, the recording's all done for it. Now we're in the editing part. We're mixing and creating soundscapes and doing all the things that we love to do here at Homesteady. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit longer before that one comes out, but we figured we'd get you a short out here. So today we're going to talk about the three ways that a backyard farm business help you monetarily. What kind of chicken should I raise on my homestead? How do I grow corn on my property? Meat cow or milk cow? Are goats really the worst? What is the best breed of pig for my place? What is a soil pet? A Cornish cross is the devil. So how do I skin this deer? You ready to get your hands dirty? It's Homesteady, the short edition. Here we go. So what's a backyard farm business? Well, I kind of use that term to differentiate the idea of a farm that's your day job, that it's your number one source of income. I look at a backyard farm as kind of like a hobby farm or a smaller scale farm or a homestead like we have uh, that you also sell some things from and you make some money, uh, but it's not your number one day job. It's not your primary source of income. Uh, So something that you keep manageable and at a level that you can do, meanwhile, still having a day job, and yet it still is a profitable enterprise. So there's three ways that a backyard farm business can help you either save or make money. Uh, So the first one is the obvious one. Having a backyard farm will save you money because you won't have to buy that food. 
you can really save a lot, especially if you want to have access to really good quality food. If you want to buy organic and local, you're going to spend a pretty penny. Now let's talk about the difference there for a minute. Organic and local are two different things. Uh, you can go to Trader Joe's, you can go to Whole Foods, you can buy organic chicken there, organic pork. Uh, but just because something is stamped organic doesn't mean it meets what you're thinking of in your head as something that's really nice. I actually just shared a uh, article I read this morning on the Facebook and Twitter page. This uh, Facebook.com backslash this is homesteady uh, or Twitter, it's homesteady show. You can follow us there. Uh, we're also on Pinterest and Instagram, by the way. It's also Homesteady Show on those social media outlets. And Google Plus is slash This Is Homesteady. Uh, go check us out. Follow us. Uh, but anyways, I shared an article on those pages today uh, talking about what uh, organic eggs mean and all the other terms you see natural and farm fresh. Uh, it's a really interesting read. But anyways, the term uh, the term organic doesn't mean that it's what you're picturing, your local small farm, and it's out on pasture every day, and it's living the high life. Uh, to get an animal raised like that, you really need to find something at your farmer's market, something locally raised that you can go and take a look and say, yeah, I like this. Uh, so if you're buying meat like that, you're paying a good price for it. Our farmer's market, just to give you an idea, in our area, uh, all the meat starts at like 9 10 bucks a pound, and that's for the lower end cuts. So if you want to eat the more high-end quality meat, you're spending 15 16 bucks a pound. That's a lot of money. Now, it's good stuff and it's worth it, uh, but and that's what the farmers have to charge. That's Those prices are very similar to what we charge at retail level for our meat. Uh, you can save if you buy in bulk, uh, but the best way to save is to raise it yourself. So that's the number one way a backyard farm can save you money. And just to give you an idea, um, pastured chicken around here. Uh, the going rate for organic locally raised pastured chicken is somewhere around 25 to 30 bucks per chicken depending on the weight. Uh, so on our end we raise our own chicken and at cost end of the day usually each chicken winds up being about ten dollars in cost and it weighs about four and a half to five pounds on the finished side. So that's saving you $10, $15 per bird. That's a significant savings. It's worth it when, you're, when you have your own backyard farm. You really do save money if you're buying good quality meat. You can never raise stuff cheaper than you could buy it at your local grocery store. But it's going to be way better quality. And that's what you're saving on. So you always got to compare it to like your local farmer's market prices. And that'll show you what you're saving. So if you buy locally, if you buy at the farmer's market, then it's definitely going to save you. Now, the second way a backyard farm business is going to save you money is through tax exemptions. So depending on the size of your farm, what you sell, how much you sell, and also what your local regulations and laws are, you can save a good amount of money through tax exemption. Here in Connecticut, there's two types of tax exemption that we get as farmers. Uh, the one type is called PA490, and that refers to the land tax exemption. 
So for every acre you own, you get exempt on paying the taxes for it at full retail real estate value. Uh, instead, you pay for the agricultural, uh, the agricultural allot- allotment for that uh, same acre. The idea behind this when they created it was to help farmers who had really big farms, uh, you know, thousands of acres, instead of having to pay the, the value, the real estate value on that, they would go broke. They couldn't make the money. But we know farming is important. You need to be able to feed people. And to do that, you need a good amount of land. So the tax exemption for the land helped. Now, Connecticut says to receive that exemption, you need to be a business. There's no minimum amount of uh, business transactions. There's no minimum amount of money to receive it. But you do need to be a business and prove that you're making sales as a business. So when we started our farm, we started a few different enterprises. We started selling chicken. We started selling pork. We started selling eggs and doing classes. And uh, after our first year of proving that we were a business, we established ourselves as an LLC. Uh, so we really showed we're a real business. We're not just a hobby farm that we wanted to save money on our taxes from. Uh, so once we were able to show that, we filled out our application. The town reviewed it, and we received our exemption. And that, on our, we have about 10 acres, and uh, that saves us about $1,000 a year. So not huge, but that's $1,000 you don't have to spend that you can put back into the farm. That's more chickens, more pigs. Uh, so now the combination of the money you're saving from not buying food plus the money you're saving on the land tax exemption, and then there's a second exemption, sales tax. Now... In Connecticut, the law for sales tax exemption is that you need to have a gross sales every year of $2,500 and above. If you don't meet that number, you don't get sales tax exemption as a farmer. So our first year farming, we didn't meet that number. There is a a special regulation in Connecticut that allows startup farmers uh, to be able to receive the exemption without having made the money because they're just starting up. And uh, that's a nice nice thing to have available to you because it allows you to spend money on infrastructure. Uh, what you have to prove is that you actually spent over $2,500. So when you're buying infrastructure and setting up pens and crates, you're not yet making money on your farm, but you're obviously intending on being a real farm business. And so our first year, we weren't grossing that, but we were able to get that exemption. And now we are grossing that. And so after the first two years, you have to prove that now you are grossing more than $2,500 every year. And if you can do that, you get the sales tax exemption, which is you save 6%. That 6% sales tax in Connecticut, you don't have to pay when buying things for the farm. So materials for the farm, uh, food for the farm, animals, and all that sort of thing. And that adds up. If you figure every pig that I raise, I usually spend somewhere around $300 in feed per pig. Uh, So 6%, you know, for each pig, you're getting $18 off of each pig. And if you're raising 10 pigs, that's $180 you're saving here. That's just on their feed. You're not talking about materials and fencing and all that other stuff. So you combine the savings of your land exemption and your sales tax exemption. 
and the savings of the food that you're not buying, the money you're not spending, and now you're starting to really save a good amount of money. Of course, you're spending a lot of time working on the farm and improving things and building things and taking care of animals and shoveling poop, but you're saving money. So if you want to spend more time at home, in your backyard, working with animals, and the trade-off is you save a little more money as opposed to working more hours at your job and coming home tired and with a little extra cash in your pocket, well, it's a great way to help save money. So the third way that a backyard farm business can make you money is through selling product. So it actually can earn you money there. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Now, as a backyard farm, as, you know, backyard farm business, it's not your primary job. Uh, the way that I always tell people to grow is to grow slow. If you are new to the area, if you just bought your place or you're just becoming a farm, you're not known. People don't know of where you are, what you're doing. And uh, so if you go out that year and buy 10 pigs and try to sell 10 pigs, you might have a hard time. You might not have a real market in your area for pastured pork and at the prices you're going to need to ask. And then again, you might have the need, but people just might not know you're there. Uh, so with a backyard farm business, start slow. Our first year, we got two pigs. That went well, so we got two more. We raised four pigs the first year, and we sold two of them. And we grew slowly from that point. Each year, a few new people would start to ask, Hey, I heard you're selling bacon. I heard you're selling pork. Uh, you think I could get one? To the point now where every year we do 10 pigs, and that's probably the amount of pigs we want to do. I don't think we're going to grow much more than 10 pigs a year. But we have the customer base to support it. And now the money that we make off selling pigs pays for our own pigs to be fed, raised, butchered. We essentially get two full pigs in the freezer for free. Now, it's a lot of work. Taking care of 10 pigs is a lot of manual labor. So it's not totally free. Uh, but we don't have to spend a dime on our pork, and that's awesome. In case you couldn't tell, I'm holding a baby this morning. The baby woke up early. <laughs> so you might hear her a little bit in the recording. I'll post a picture of me podcasting holding a baby who's not sleeping on our Instagram, on our Instagram feed. So if you're going to start the backyard farm business, start slow. And start with something that you've either done before. Uh, so what I mean is raise a couple pigs for yourself first before you try to sell them. Uh, same goes with chickens. And the reason for that is you don't know how much your animals are going to cost. So if you try to sell them, uh, especially if you do any kind of pre-sales, you want to know what costs to expect. And you also want to test your market. Uh, so if you're going to start selling chicken get enough to feed your own family, and then maybe add a 10 or 20 more birds, depending on what you think you're going to be able to move. 
don't go out and buy another 200 birds and wind up with a bunch of old chicken in your freezer because you couldn't sell it all. And don't pre-sell things that you don't know how much it's going to cost. Maybe you've read a few bloggers' posts about how much it costs to raise a pig or even just listening to the numbers we give. And those are always going to be different for you. For example, I could tell you, you know, that it costs us to raise a pig in feed about $300. I could tell you what I'm paying for feed, but it might be different in your area. I might be raising a different breed of pigs at a different time of year, so maybe they require more or less feed. Uh, so there's really no way for you to tell without trying it out yourself. Uh, so test out the water. See how much a pig costs for you to raise it. See how much a chicken costs for you to raise it. And also, while you're doing that, start testing your market. Talk with people. See what people think uh, you know, about the product. Is there interest in it? Another good thing you can do is to you know, start a blog about your farm. Start a Facebook page. Uh, see if people start responding in your local scene and following you and following your story. And that's always a good way to market your products. Now, get creative with what you're going to sell. Think about your area. Think about what already exists. And then think about where there's a hole or a niche that you can fill. There's a lot of different things that a small backyard farm can produce and sell easily. Uh, some are very easy as far as marketing goes. Uh, others are very easy as far as raising or making goes. So you just find what works for you. Uh, some of the different enterprises in our area, obviously there's vegetables and meat, uh, but there's some unique ideas. Uh, there's a chicken CSA where you receive a chicken a week. My buddy John, who I talked about at the beginning that we interviewed, he runs a chicken CSA. Um, there's soap, different soap companies. There's a farm near us called Goat Boy Soaps, and they sell goat soap. Uh, so that's another option. Maybe you don't want to sell meat or sell vegetables, but you have the, the soap-making ability. Maybe you have goats or cow's milk that you have access to. Uh, so that's a good enterprise. Also, um, you know, get sell, just selling by the whole or by the half. The way we sell our pigs, again, it's a backyard farm. We don't want to have a storefront. I don't want to spend every weekend at the farmer's market. So we don't sell retail. We sell whole, half, or quarters. And you can pre-order those. And I take your deposit at the beginning of the season. So now you have either half or a whole share of a pig. And then at the end of the season, you pay the rest and you pay all your butcher fees. And uh, you come and pick up your whole or your half pig straight from the butcher. Uh, so that way I don't have to hold retail space. I don't have to have uh, to worry about holding a freezer full of meat that you know isn't selling. And at the beginning of the year, I get my money up front, my deposit money, which helps pay for all the animals. Uh, so I don't have to out of pocket feed 10 pigs, and then hope that I have the customers to sell it to. I usually have, if I'm selling 10 pigs, I have 8 customers, 7 customers nailed down with deposits, and I'll try to move that last 1 or 2 uh, throughout the rest of the season. And if I don't move 1 or 2 pigs, well that's okay, because I'll eat them. Uh, but it's very low risk, and uh, it's grown slow and organically, and every year, somebody who's a customer of ours tells somebody else, and so we're able to slowly build that way. It's a not a huge money-making enterprise. Farming is never something you make a ton of money from, uh, but you definitely can help pay for your costs. And our 
pigs, like I said, the pigs we sell pay for the pigs that we eat. So essentially, we're getting pork for free. We're not spending out of pocket any money. We're spending time and effort, which is worth a lot, uh, but we're not spending any money because the cost is covered. So with the combination of savings on food, savings on taxes, and a little bit of side money through your customer base, you can make a small backyard farm a really good financial decision if you'd go about it right. If you make the right decisions, if you don't screw up and (laughs) go down a rabbit hole that's going to just cost you. If you've ever thought about doing this, we have a really cool product that we've launched on the thisishomesteady.com website. Uh, I teach a class uh, at local schools in the area that are that's called Backyard Farming for Money. And it's about this backyard farm business model and how you can go from uh, kind of nothing to a small profitable business. And what we talked about today was a, a sample of what I talk about in the class. Now, if you go onto thisishomesteady.com website, you can actually purchase the course. If you're to come and take it in person, the tuition they charge is $20 per head. Uh, you can listen to it off the website now for eight, it's $7.99. Uh, so you save a lot of money there. And we talk about a lot of the tax information. We talk about some of the legal information. Uh, we talk about the raising of different animals. Uh, the animals that I always tell people to start with if you're thinking about doing a farm backyard farm business, which animals to start with and which ones I don't think you should start with. And also uh, a lot of the infrastructure, what you want to make sure you have. Uh, There's good ways to set up your infrastructure and there's really bad ways, things you can do wrong that are going to mess you up come wintertime. So if you want to know how to have water that doesn't freeze and fencing that doesn't let all your animals escape, uh, go and check the course out. You can go on the homepage. You'll notice it on the sidebar. Uh, It's called The Business of Backyard Farming 101. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you're thinking about or have started a small backyard farm business. Stay tuned in January. We have an awesome, awesome full-length episode coming for you. It's the big one we've been talking about. If you haven't joined our email list, go and join the email list on the thisishomesteady.com website uh, because we're sharing some behind-the-scenes news and uh, we're giving away a couple th- a couple cool things. Uh, if you really want to be connected to Homesteady, join the email list. That's the best way to do it. And again, Twitter at Homesteady Show. Instagram, Homesteady Show. Pinterest, Homesteady Show. And then Facebook and Google Plus, backslash This Is Homesteady, and our website where you can find all the podcasts, videos, and now some classes on farming. This is Homesteady.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay tuned for our full length episode coming. And remember, the road is rocky. Make Homesteady. You should always listen to the end of the show, because here comes the gift. For all my dedicated home study podcast listeners, if you're interested in this course, sign up to the email list right now and you're going to get sent a 50% off coupon. Uh, so that $7.99 class just became $4. The school I teach at charges 20 bucks for this course. You're going to get it for 4 bucks as a gift from Homesteady to our 
favorite audience, the homesteaders who are awesome who listen to this show. Uh, so thank you for listening. Go sign up to the email address. Uh, sign up for the email list. This is homesteady.com. Click on the sidebar where it says join the email list. Put in your info there, and we'll send you out your coupon. And you can take this two-hour-long course on starting a farm business. It's like a super extended podcast uh, for four bucks. And you're going to help support Homesteady, which is awesome. So thank you ahead of time, and we'll see you next time.